Hello, people, and welcome back to the second episode this week of the Start Simple podcast. It's me, Andy, always me. Uh, you should be used to that by now, surely. Um, and yeah, we're back for the usual Friday episode today. Um, like I said, the, I've said um a lot there. You're not meant to say that on podcasts, but as you know, I don't edit it and I don't care if I go off on a tangent. Already started one. But I mentioned this on the, the last episode is that I'm going to be trying to get out a few more episodes each week for you guys um, on different topics. So if there is ever anything that you want specifically covering, if you've got questions, maybe you see something online that you're not sure about, which is, is sort of today's episode, send it to me. Let me know. Uh, I'm always happy. I, th- I find the podcasts are a better format to break things down in a bit more detail. So as always, if you find this useful, if you find it interesting, if you find it helpful, I would really appreciate it if you follow. If you've got any more questions, obviously just drop me a message on Instagram. So today's topic, and I'm sure, I mean, I've done quite a lot of podcast episodes now, so I'm not going to lie and pretend I remember every single one, but I've no doubt that I have covered this on the podcast somewhere before, but it's not had its own episode before. And as you can see by the title, it's intermittent fasting and the concept of intermittent fasting, what it is, why you might use it, the pros, the cons, the misunderstandings of it, and my own personal recommendations when it comes to using intermittent fasting, because the I've seen it a few people, like people always say this, by the way, personal trainers say this, I've been asked a few times, I've been asked twice, so that's, that's the truth, I've had two people ask me in the last week about intermittent fasting, that's why I did a post on my feed about it, but I wanted to give it a bit of a longer form answer, so here we are. And yeah, there seems to be, whether it's coming around as a trend again, I don't know. But I've just, again, it could just be that like the way that the algorithm works, it's been showing me a lot of intermittent fasting stuff. But I've been seeing a lot of talk of intermittent fasting and people doing intermittent fasting. So I wanted to go into it in a bit more detail. So let's do that. So what is intermittent fasting, right? In what it's known as to us nowadays, It doesn't have to be this, but basically the concept of intermittent fasting is that you would have a long period of the day without eating and a very short period of the day where you would eat. More often than not nowadays, that's used by going through the morning time without eating and only eating through the afternoon. What that usually causes people to do is eliminate their food choice that they may have first thing in the morning and maybe a snack that they might have like mid-morning and they usually begin their eating window for that day at lunchtime and maybe only have two meals a day as opposed to having three meals. It doesn't have to be that to the exact letter, but more often than not, that's the concept that people are talking about. They'll say, they'll call it intermittent fasting. It can also be called 16-8 because the concept of having 16 hours where you don't eat, which again, it's the same thing if you think about it because eight of those hours you probably sleep. Um, and then eight hours where you do have eating windows, okay? So that's all intermittent fasting is. It's the concept, basically, of avoiding eating for a longer period of time. More often than not, we're talking about not eating in the morning. That is, I can't stress enough, that is it. You're going to hear lots of people say lots of things, and I'm going to talk about some of them shortly, about intermittent fasting and what it is and how it's magical and all these different things. That's all it comes down to is not eating your breakfast. I know that's incredibly disappointing because something that sounds exciting, we expect it to be exciting. It's often not the case. As with most things in nutrition and training, um, things can get overplayed and made to sound better than they are. So which order should we do this in? Tell you what, I'm going to go into what some of the claims are 
about intermittent fasting and then I'm going to talk about the pros and cons and how I would use it, okay? So this is really, really important because two of the biggest claims that you will see people talk about when it comes to intermittent fasting, I can't speak on the podcast. Two of the biggest claims that you will see when it comes to intermittent fasting are, one is called something called autophagy. I think I pronounced that right. Could have got it wrong. And the second is they'll say it improves insulin sensitivity or maybe they'll say it reduces insulin insulin resistance. That's basically the same thing. I'm going to go into that in a minute. Those are the two biggest claims that people will say when it comes to fasting. Okay. Now, is that true? Yes. Intermittent fasting has been shown to improve autophagy and improve insulin sensitivity or reduce insulin resistance and i'm going to tell you what those things mean in a second but that's only been shown to be true when the fasting has called a has caused a calorie restriction i.e a calorie deficit we have also seen those same results so again autophagy improving in insulin sensitivity we can also see in studies those same things happening consistently in any form of calorie deficit. So this is where people cherry pick information. They will say intermittent is, intermittent fasting is great because it causes this. That sentence alone is true, but it doesn't mean that something else can't cause that as well. It's the calorie deficit side of it that causes those things to happen. So what do we actually mean when we say it? So autophagy, now I'm going to give you, I say a very simple explanation of it. I'm going to give you a simple explanation of it because it's my understanding of it. I'm not going to sit here and chat shit on a podcast about a topic that, I'll be honest, is very, very complex that I don't understand to the detail that I'm sure some scientists somewhere will completely understand. But autophagy is basically the rebuilding or the regeneration of cells within your body. So basically, as your cells begin to age and break down, which is a natural process within the body, autophagy means that as they are broken down, your body is capable of repurposing and rebuilding new cells to basically keep you keep your body fit, keep your body healthy. Okay. Now that process is more likely to happen when you are in a calorie deficit. Okay. Which again is for a lot of people who not necessarily everybody, sorry. Um, that process has been shown to be improved when you are in a calorie deficit. I shouldn't say that it only happens in a calorie deficit. Um, but yeah, autophagy just means the regeneration of cells, the rebuilding of cells in your body. Um, the removal of old cells and the building of new ones. Now, again, I'm sure somebody somewhere can give a much more detailed explanation of what that means and how it works and the processes. Great. Good for them. I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to tell you that, yes, that can be caused by intermittent fasting, but it's also caused in the same way by any form of calorie deficit. The second thing, like I said, that the, the claims are made is, and this insulin is something that again, can be really misunderstood and misused by people within fitness. So improving insulin sensitivity or reducing insulin resistance. Honestly, I don't know why, but I really struggle to say the word insulin. So if I pronounce it in different ways, I'm really sorry. So first and foremost, insulin, right? See, I said it in a different way again. Insulin is a hormone in your body, okay? It's not a bad thing. I really want to reiterate that because you will hear people say, oh my God, insulin, and all of a sudden, like, they'll make it out like all hell is breaking loose. Insulin is a normal process that we all have in our body, okay? It's a hormone that we all have. Now, the job of that hormone, when you eat a meal, okay? When you eat a meal, that meal is broken down and, begin and digested within your body, 
When the, the meal is broken down, carbohydrate sources within that meal and protein sources, which people don't talk about, but also protein sources, can be broken down and turned into glucose, okay? That's completely normal. When you eat that meal, the level of insulin within your body rises. It has to rise because insulin's job then is to take that blood glucose that has come and been broken down from the food that you've consumed. So insulin will just rock up. In fact, let's tell it as a little story, shall we? You eat a meal. It goes and sits in your stomach. Your stomach's like, yo, I'm going to break you down what you're saying. And your meal's like, yeah, cool, break me down. The stomach breaks it down and it turns it into glucose. Insulin is like your body's taxi driver, right? It comes down to the stomach. or it's not necessarily in the stomach now, but anyway. Insulin comes down and it sees the blood glucose floating about. And it says, yo, are you looking for a taxi? And (laughs) the blood glucose, where am I going with this? The blood glucose is like, yes, I'm looking for a taxi. Can you take me to be stored in cells? And the insulin should be saying, yeah, no problem. And it basically takes the glucose out of your bloodstream to store within the cells, within your muscles, within um, the cells within your muscles, okay? So insulin's job is to take glucose from your blood, which is normal to be there after a meal, and put it into your cells to be stored, right? That's what insulin's job is. It's good at it. Crack on, leave it to it. Insulin sensitivity or insulin or uh, reduced or insulin resistance, sorry, basically means that insulin isn't very good at doing its job. So if you are insulin resistant, that means that your cells are not very good at taking that insulin in. Okay, so it means that when the taxi picks up the blood glucose, your cells are like, no, sorry, you can't come in here. You can't come in here. And what that causes to happen then is that there's excess levels of blood glucose in your system, okay? That's what being insulin resistant means. It means that your cells are resistant and they've stopped listening to insulin, okay? Now, if that happens for a prolonged period of time, it can cause things like type 2 diabetes and heart disease and basically things that are not very good. So it is really important that if you have and notice that you, and this is like, this will be tested in things like doctors when they do blood tests, They'll be testing a lot of the time. They will test to see what your um, fasted levels of blood glucose are. The reason they do it fasted is because, like I've just said, it's normal for your levels of blood glucose to be high after eating a meal because insulin still hasn't dropped it off into the cells yet. But if your fasted levels of blood glucose are high, that can potentially show that your cells are being a little bit insulin resistant and we need to do something to fix that. Um, So... To improve, so when people say fasting improves insulin sensitivity, improving insulin sensitivity basically means making your cells better at taking glucose out of the blood. Okay. Now, again, that's just an explanation as to what that means, but fasting alone is not the only way for that to happen. And it only works when fasting if a calorie deficit is created. We go on to the pros and cons of fasting now, because I'm going to start with the cons actually. Autophagy, reducing insulin resistance, fantastic things, right? But if you skip breakfast and you begin to get more and more hungry and then at lunchtime you're starting to get more and more hungry and you have your meal and then through the afternoon you start to get peckish and you start picking at crisps and chocolate and it gets to the evening and because you've not eaten much through the day, you think, fuck it, I'm ordering a pizza and all of a sudden you know are no longer in a deficit and you've ended up eating three or 4,000 calories a day. Guess what? Intermittent fasting didn't work for you. You didn't get any of the so-called benefits from it. 
Why didn't you get the benefits? Because you weren't in a calorie deficit. I will say that sentence so often through this podcast because that is what it comes down to. Calorie deficit. I know, broken record. I I know, but I don't care because it's true. So that's a massive con of intermittent fasting, okay? The fact that it actually can make for some people makes your diet harder to adhere to, okay? Another con is depending what your training looks like. So for me, personally, I train a lot. I have the privilege of being able to train maybe more than some people. I don't have kids or anything like that that I need to worry about. So I'm able to train most days. My training would be dramatically affected if I didn't eat for 16 hours of my day. Okay, I wouldn't recover properly. I wouldn't be fueled properly. It's not a good idea for me. Um around my training it's another massive con like on I, I stress this to so many people if you are somebody who wants to train and train to the best of your ability avoiding meals is not the way to go about that i don't care what your goal is avoiding a meal is not the way to get the most out of your training in no way shape or form okay um but i don't want to be just completely against fasting because like i i've had clients who've used intermittent fasting i've got no problem with recommending it to certain people But I should say, I would only ever recommend intermittent fasting to somebody who their diet was of good quality. They ate lots of protein. They ate plenty of fruit and veg. They didn't eat many processed foods. They were sensible at weekends. Everything else checks out. That's when I'm suggesting fasting. If your diet is including lots of takeaways, if your diet is maybe neglecting diet quality, you're not the sort of person who I would suggest fasting to because I just think it's going to lead to actually excess food during the evenings. But a pro to fasting, right? Some people genuinely are not that hungry in the morning. So fasting doesn't have to be so like rigid to be like, I cannot eat until 12 o'clock. It might just be that you delay eating your breakfast. It might just be that you end up eating at 11 o'clock instead of having a breakfast at 7am that you didn't want. So for some people, if you genuinely don't have hunger in the morning, that's absolutely fine. Fasting may work perfectly for you. Um, again, it can be a really good way of creating a calorie deficit when used properly. If, again, your diet quality is good and your, your meals that you do eat are healthy, nutritious, high-protein meals, fasting could work perfectly for you. So there are situations where fasting can work. I think also um, if you are having to – I've spoke about this on maybe the PCOS podcast – If you have to diet on quite low calories, say you have to diet on like 12, 13, 14, 1500 calories, which not everyone does, but there are going to be a select few people who do. Fasting can be a smart way of managing lower calories because it just means that we reduce your meals from three meals down to two meals. Could make it a little bit easier. It can be successful when it comes to fat loss. Again, you have to be aware of the total calorie content. But it can be successful when it comes to fat loss. Do I use it with my clients? Not often. Maybe, I'm trying to think off the top of my head the amount of clients that I've had in the last three or four years fast. And the fact that I can think about it off the top of my head should tell you a lot. I can think of a handful, four people that have just sprung to mind that I've used intermittent fasting with. It's not a strategy that I use that often because I don't see long-term success using it very often potentially short-term success for a week or two but long-term success i don't see that happen very often off the back of using fasting as a strategy for fat loss again the only reason it works if we say that your maintenance is 2000 calories a day 
and your breakfast is 500 calories a day, if you change nothing but remove that breakfast, all of a sudden you're in a 500 calorie deficit per day. It's having the ability to make sure that nothing else changes that dictates whether fasting works. So I think that's everything I wanted to cover when it comes to fasting. Again, hopefully you feel like you've got a balanced opinion on it. Um, my, my overall opinion is fasting can work for the right person at the right time, but just needs to be carefully monitored, needs to be carefully managed, and you just need to be aware of the full picture, not fasting because you think it's magic. It's not going to cause more fat loss. So, sorry, tangent. Let's say somebody eats 1,700 calories a day um, as their deficit, and they eat 1,700 spread out across the day evenly, and they have a twin who's also exactly the same, and 1,700 calories is their deficit but they do that via fasting, but they both eat 1,700 calories, they're both going to lose the same amount of weight, regardless of the fact that one of them fasted and one of them didn't. It's not a magic tool for fat loss. It's just a different way that we can create deficits. So if you found this useful, I'd really appreciate you shared the podcast. Any questions as ever, please do let me know. And I will see you on the next one.